All right, friends, I'm so excited to introduce you guys today to my pastor, Alex. He is currently planting a new church that's called Revival here in Omaha. He's been doing ministry for over 14 years. He loves to read and write. He's written a book and has a plan to release two more. And he has a wife and three kids that live here in Omaha. And I'm so excited for us to chat today about how we're being thankful for God answering and not answering prayers. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the Living Your Calling podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hagen, and my mission is to help you step into whatever you're truly called to do. I'm a Midwest wife and mom, and I built my business and dreams between the moments of motherhood. I believe that you can create your dreams around whatever season of life you're in. I'm obsessed with creating connections, out-of-the-box ideas, and cheering people on in whatever goal they're chasing. This is a place where you can come to feel like you're joining your best friends for coffee, for real talk of what's happening in life and business. Whether you're working on personal development or business, friend, I got you. Each week, you will find an episode that educates, inspires, and helps you take action to step into your calling and live your best life. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey friends, I am so excited to let you know that there is a new way to support the Living Your Calling podcast. We have set up a way that you get to be not only in community with us, but you get to receive gifts from us every month when you support the show. I'm so excited to let you know that you can now go to patreon.com slash living your calling podcast and you can join me in my mission as I am creating content to continue inspiring listeners and to bring this show to life. No matter your Patreon level, every month you're going to get a handwritten letter from me in the mail where I'm going to pray over some wisdom that I'm going to send out to my amazing people that are helping to support this show. Know that you are supporting me as a creator in this podcast. You are helping to support me to continue to run the platforms, to pay my amazing editor. And as the show continues to grow, you are helping me reach more people. So head to patreon.com slash living your calling podcast, where you can join in a Patreon membership today. I'm so excited and so thankful for you tuning into this show each week and letting me pour into you and join you in wherever you take this podcast. Again, you can head to patreon.com slash living your calling podcast. And now back to the show. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, Michelle. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on this week. 
I am so excited um, just for you to share because I love just how you teach and the truth that you teach behind like the truth in the Bible of how you teach. So yeah. I would love for you to just introduce yourself to listeners and tell them a little bit more about yourself and kind of like how you're planting this church here in Omaha. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. So I, I've been in ministry for 14 years and uh, I, I didn't go to college thinking I was going to do ministry. Uh, I really went to this small Christian college thinking, you know, there's only like 150 kids there. And they said I could play on the basketball team. I said, oh, that sounds kind of fun. All right. I like basketball. But as I was there, yeah, I got into ministry and uh, I just, I kept finding, you know, sometimes God opens doors and you don't really realize what he's doing. And he just kept opening door after door. And uh, eventually, you know, I, I got into a church and I started working in youth ministry. Uh, and then from there, uh, I worked at that church for, yeah, almost 13, almost 14 years. And then now in this past year, uh, just back around Easter time, we, we planted a new church here in Omaha, Nebraska. And, uh, and you know very well, you've been a great part of it, you and your family. And so it, it's been fun to see. I mean, we've got a, a group of people that just, I mean, for us coming out of COVID, like one of the things we saw was there were a lot of people that were just isolated. They had gotten disconnected from the church and they weren't involved anymore. And we just saw this need for people to find community again. And one of our things was uh, we really believed uh, that God wanted to bring a revival in people's lives. And that was, you know, kind of this word. And it just kept coming back to me all winter long, the winter before we planted this church, just kept seeing it in places, hearing it in places. And one of my favorite passages in the Bible is uh, the passage in Ezekiel in 37 about the Valley of Dry Bones. And, uh, and, you know, he tells Ezekiel to preach truth to the dry bones and, and they come alive and he fills them with his spirit. And I, I just kept thinking, that's what God wants to do in this season. There's so many people uh, that just have, you know, a dried out faith. They just feel, you know, empty. Uh, they, you know, it, it's just become a routine for them. Uh, something to check off the, you know, their list of things they did for the week. Okay, I went to church. Great. All right, got it done. Um, and I, I just really felt that, you know, God was saying, hey, I, I want to revive my church. So that was a big heart and big passion for what we wanted to do. And so, yeah, we've seen a lot of people, you know, join us and get involved early on. And uh, one of the coolest things has just been seeing uh, a lot of former youth group kids that are now adults. They, you know, weren't connected anywhere. They weren't going to church anywhere on Sunday. And uh, when they heard this was happening, this, this just, I don't know, piqued their interest and they wanted to get involved. And uh, it's been cool to see a, just a, an actual revival in people's lives for their faith and their heart for God. So there you go. I'm, man, I'm long-winded. Sorry. I just get going sometimes. <laughs> oh, you're good. I think that it's great. And I love how we've had like church in the park while it's sometimes yeah. hard, like to have your kids with you, but how oh, even yeah. <laughs> from church in the park has brought people into our church yeah. that would have never stepped foot into the church otherwise. Oh yeah. I, that's been one of my favorite things. Uh, you know, when I think about, you know, revival, uh, one of the things we thought of was, well, it starts in the heart and so when we're looking for a place to, to worship, because, you know, we're a church without a building right now. Uh, so one of the things that struck us was, well, let's start at the heart of the city of Omaha. And that's how we ended up at Elmwood Park in this, uh, the grotto, they call it. And it's just this pretty area and it's really nice, but it's been, yeah, I think you're right. Like that's been one of the coolest things to see people that have just walked by, found us, you know, they didn't have any intention of going to church that morning. They were just on a walk, walking their dog or hanging out with family in the park. And 
somehow, some way they, you know, stumbled upon us. And, you know, some of them, some of them have ended up calling revival their home already. So that's been fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love for you to talk about, I know you have said that God put on your heart, a plant church a long time ago and kind of yeah. like the journey to creating a plant church maybe hasn't been what you thought it was going to be or what it looked like. Can you kind of talk about that and how God prepared your heart and moved you in places that you didn't really think you were going to go to? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I think, I think early on in youth ministry when I was a kid, I mean, I mean, I call it a kid. I was like 22, 23. I kept having these ideas of like, I think I'm supposed to church plan at some point. And then when I got married, uh, my wife, she had a, she has a huge heart for the church also. And Uh, That was something we talked about, dreamed about, but it was kind of always one of those things where it's like way down in the future, you know, like, you know, someday, not today, Uh, because, you know, there's times in life you just get comfortable where you're at and you're like, no, this is the right thing right now. And and then you start having kids and you're like, yeah, I mean, we can't, you know, take a risk like that. We just need to stay safe, stay where we're at, um, steady jobs, all those things. And but I mean, I, I do remember like, okay, like I, I wrote it down even, you know, I had this little scrap of paper where I would write things down that I, I would pray about. And that was probably, you know, over 10 years ago. And I, I wrote it down on this little paper and it's still there today, but it, you know, it said plant a church in Omaha and uh, start something. And so, you know, that kind of always stuck with me, but it just, it kept moving farther and farther to the back of my mind until, you know, finally, you know, I mean, God put me in a spot where he basically... <laughs> He eliminated every other option in my life. I mean, he he took the job that I had and he said, no, you're done at this place. I, you know, and I, I would say truly like in the moment when I found out I, I was, you know, sad and disappointed and I didn't understand, you know, I thought, man, I, I love this church that I was at. I, I didn't want to leave. And they said, you know, goodbye. There's the door. I said, okay. I, you know, I didn't see that one coming and I, I was, you know, broken about that, but God was just releasing me. Like when I look back on it, it, it yeah, I, I wasn't fired. I was released. And all of a sudden, you know, it makes sense as I look, you know, months later, you know, almost a year later to the day, actually, uh, where I'm at from where I was a year ago. And I can see, man, God released me from that. And it, you know, that's helped me too. And some of the healing, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that's been one of the things too, where, you know, you deal with a lot of anger and sadness when you feel like somebody's wronged you in life, but the more you put your faith and trust in God, the more you see like, oh, okay, he works all things together for the good of those who love him. And I see it now. He worked what I thought was bad into something that is so much better. I mean, I could, I could go on for a long time about this, but I, the spot we're in now and what we get to do together as a family and, you know, get to do church together as a church family. Uh, it's special and it's unique. And I, I feel truly like, okay, God took me from a place where I wasn't getting to use some of the gifts that, uh, that I felt like he had given me. And he said, you know, not, now it's time and you're going to do it over here in this place. And it's not going to look the way you thought it would, but it's going to be better than anything you could have dreamed up yourself. And he's right. I mean, it's just like, you know, with kids, you know, we we both have crazy kids, especially, you know, I mean, your two boys, my sons, they're insane. Uh, (laughs) But we know, like, how many times do we tell them like, this is better, just trust me. And they're like, whatever. And they go and, you know, jump off face first from the slide in the backyard, you know, just crazy stuff. You know, they're always doing that. And 
I mean, how many times have you guys had somebody in a cast or, you know, broken arm or, you know, I, I mean, I feel like every other month I see one of your boys hurt or something, but you know, and we tell them, you know, this Uh is better if you don't do this or if you don't, you know, and you know, we're kids the same way, you know, to God as they are to us. And there's so many Mm -hmm. things in our life that he does where it's like, you just got to trust me. This is better for you than the way that you thought you had made in your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I loved how you talked about like, sometimes the door gets closed and you don't understand why. Cause I know like in my life, there's been so many things where I'm like, why did you like let that person leave or close that door? It makes zero Mm -hmm. sense. And I think even this past year, I realized that God has been like stripping everything down because he's like, I have, if you're not going to listen, I'm just going to keep stripping it down till I'm the Mm -hmm. only answer that you have to go to, which I think always talks about like a lot of people's stories and that you hear of faith stories of how they've got were broken down and until their only option was to turn back to God and say, yeah, okay, well, Mm -hmm. what are you wanting me to do? Cause I have nothing else. Yeah. No, that's spot on. Yeah. So I know that we were going to talk today about prayer journals and that's one thing that you have done a lot in your life. And, um, just talking about how you can be thankful for the answers that God gives you and being thankful when he doesn't answer your prayers. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about like, what is the process of a prayer journal and what does that look like for you? Yeah. So for me, yeah, it started probably about 10, 12 years ago. I mean, it was pretty early on. I was a, I was a youth pastor and I went to, you know, I think it was like a a church, a citywide church leader gathering. And this guy got up and spoke and I I can't remember his name now, but he was pretty interesting. And uh, one of the things he talked about was, you know, he, his experience, he'd had a lot of uh, different leadership experience and he actually worked with a, a couple of presidents and some things like that. Like I said, I wish I could remember his name. He was great. But one of the things he said to, you know, start doing in your life uh, was to actually, you know, he said, you know, get a prayer journal and, you know, start writing down your prayers. So then you can look back and actually remember when God was faithful and answered those prayers. He said, otherwise you're just, you're praying mindlessly. You're just throwing prayers out there at random and then forgetting that you even prayed them. And then when they actually, you know, maybe there is an answer to your prayer you're not even thankful for it because you've already forgotten that you even asked God about that. And you just, you know, you, you pray carelessly. And so he talked a little bit about that and he, as he was describing it, you know, I was like, Oh, a journal, that sounds kind of like a diary. I don't think I want to do a diary. That's weird. And I, you know, so I just had this little scrap of paper and I just started writing stuff down on it that I was praying for. And I would, you know, I tucked it in my Bible and I'd pull it out and uh, I would just pray over those things over and over uh, but that, that was just the beginning for me, you know, getting into, you know, journaling. And the more I started to do it, the more I realized like, oh man, this actually like this works because now I can actually see like what I had prayed for and what I had asked God for. And I could actually see some of the answers that he had given me because I had written them down. And so I, I it's in Colossians uh, where Paul talks about, you know, being watchful over your prayers. And I, you know, I just preached on this a few weeks back. Oh, well, weeks. My time is, you know, all messed up. It's probably been months now. I've lost all track of time. <laughs> I preached on this and this idea of just like, how do we be watchful over our prayers? Well, I, I think one of the best things we can do is actually to write them down, write the things we're praying for down, because then we can start to go back and look and see, oh yeah, I started praying about that, you know, 
five years ago, six years, seven years ago. And I, I kind of, you know, we all get to those points where it's like, God's never going to answer that. But then you see, oh man, like he answered, he listened, he heard, and he did something there. And so I would even, you know, I'd kind of go in and make little notes by some of the things I'd written down years ago when I finally saw an answer. And so I'd go down and just kind of make a little note about how he answered some of those prayers. Uh, but I, as I kept going, uh, the journaling just began to progress in my life. I began to realize, okay, it's not a diary. It is, you know, it's a prayer journal and you're talking to God and you're writing it down. And actually what, one of the coolest things I just heard this recently, uh, Mike Todd, have you ever heard him? Mm-hmm. He's a preacher out of Oklahoma, great preacher, love listening to him. But he said, you know, a lot of us, we have a vision uh, that we get in our life, you know, what we want our life to look like, or, you know, a vision or an idea of something we want to do or accomplish. Um, and he said, you know, it, God even gives us these visions, you know, and he can, you know, show us a vision of, you know, hey, this could be your future. This could be coming down the pipe, but it's not a vision until we write it down. You know, once he said that, it just clicked for me. I was like, you're right. Like, it's just kind of an idea and it's really safe if you just kind of keep it up in your head and then you kind of forget about it. But once you write it down and then once you even start speaking and talking about it, all of a sudden the vision begins to become a reality. And you're like, oh, okay, like it, there's some accountability now because I, you know, even with our church, like there's things where, you know, when we talk about vision for our church, like there's ideas that I have in my head that I think God has given us, but I, I haven't necessarily spoken them yet, or I haven't necessarily even written them down somewhere for people to see, because there's that little hesitancy sometime where you're like, oh, people are going to think this is crazy. People are going to think this is nuts, but I, you know, okay, I'll quote Mike Todd again. Uh, It's only crazy until it happens. And it's like, okay, like, let's be faithful. And so let's write our prayers down. Let's write our visions down. And then, uh, you know, let's do what we can in our own lives. Like, I, I think that's part of praying too. Like when you start to write it down, like you also realize like, okay, God is, you know, God's gifted me. He's given us abilities and he's called us to live out, you know, uh, our, with our abilities and with our gifts, a calling in our lives. And so when you start to do that, you realize like, okay, we're working with God on this. It's not just, Hey, I prayed for this. You do it. You know, you make it happen. It's all on you. He's not a genie in a bottle. Uh, Christine Aguilar quote, there you go. But (laughs) just a little nineties reference for people out there. Um, You know, us millennials. So yeah, he's not a genie in a bottle, but that's how we treat him so often. And he's saying, no, no, no. Okay, another quote, Mark Batterson. Uh, he says, you know, work hard like it depends on you. Pray hard like it depends on God. And I think that's so much of, you know, the prayer journal, because when you start to practice that and write your prayers down, you begin to see like, okay, there's things and steps I can take to like, you know, move this forward and move this vision forward that he's called me to. But yeah, I, I think journaling is a progression also, because it does go from like, okay, a little scrap of paper to all right, I actually bought a journal, you know, and I started writing down and it was really infrequent. I mean, I, you know, maybe once every couple months I would write something down, but it's a discipline. And so once again, nobody likes discipline, right? Like we don't like to eat well, we don't like to work out, you know, there's some people that do, they're weird, whatever, you know, uh, like people that like to run, I'll never understand that. Yeah, I won't uh, either, I don't but I can it. get on a bike. It's totally different. Like yeah. I don't get the runner's high. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm just in pain the whole time. Like this is not yeah. fun. <laughs> 
no, give me a bike any day. I can do that. Yeah, that's way more fun. But, but yeah, it's a discipline. And so, you know, I, I started looking at like prayer journaling, like as more of a discipline rather than something like, oh, I should just be good at prayer because I'm a Christian. Like, no, like prayer is hard. It is difficult. Like we shouldn't just, you know, expect like, oh, we should all be good at it because we're Christians. Uh, it's something we have to practice and become better at. And so, yeah, I started looking at my prayer journaling more like that, like a discipline the same way, you know, going to the gym is a discipline and saying, all right, I'm going to practice this. And if I miss a week, okay, well, I'm going to get right back on it next week and get back to it. Uh, if I miss a month, I'm not going to beat myself up and be like, I'm never going to do it again. I'm going to get back into it. And so that's what I started seeing in my own life, in my prayer journals. I, you know, my first couple, like it took me years to fill them. You know, like literally, I think my very first journal, you know, I started in 2011 and I didn't fill it until 2015. But now like in 2020, I filled, you know, a prayer journal. I mean, I was almost every day journaling and praying and, you know, writing out scripture, things like that. And I, you know, I filled one for the first time in under a year. And I was just like, and it's not an accomplishment. It's a discipline that you get better at and you start to realize like, oh, this is increasing my faith. This is increasing, you know, my intimacy level with God and my relationship with him and my faith and trust in him is growing because of this discipline. And so, you know, it doesn't always feel good to do a, to live out a discipline, but you know, that's another thing that I, I think, you know, we talked about this last Sunday, you know, choices lead and feelings follow when we make the choices to do hard things. Uh, later on, our feelings begin to follow. And so I, I didn't feel good about journaling early on, but the more I did it, the more I chose to do it, the more I started to feel and understand, oh, this is why we do this. Like I am, you know, growing in my faith and relationship to God. Mm, yeah. One thing I was thinking as you were talking about how sometimes like the, with Mike Todd and the vision, there was a podcast where I heard him talking about something similar, but also saying that sometimes God gives us the vision, but the greatest obedience we can do is to sit and wait for him to open. Like sometimes your greatest obedience can be like sitting still and not moving, which is so hard. Um, which like that prayer journal kind of comes in. Yeah. And even in Matthew, I know, I don't know what chapter it is that we're studying, but we're doing it in BSF. And they were talking about like how God says that the only thing you should test him on is prayer. Like you shouldn't be testing God anywhere else. And I, not that it's a quote and it could have been something where we were digging in deeper, but that how God is saying like, you should pray big enough and then watch me do it. And that's really the biggest things, really what the only testing you should be doing to God is praying and asking for things. He might not answer them all the times, but sometimes if you pray like the big enough prayers, God will say, well, then watch what I can do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are fun ones. I mean, you kind of, I don't know, you throw them out there and I mean, I think that's one of the best things we can do. Like, Hey, don't be afraid to, you know, pray big prayers, like prayers that, you know, only God can answer. Cause then all of a sudden you know, then it becomes very clear and evident to people like, oh, this wasn't, you know, Michelle, this wasn't Alex, this wasn't, you know, fill in whoever, this was clearly God at work. And that does, you know, he loves to, you know, point people towards him. And so, yeah, those big prayers, those are huge. When you're writing your prayer journal, you talk about how you look back and things have been answered like six years later, when you're saying, talking about those prayers, are they prayers that 
when you're writing your prayer journal, is it like stuff that you just write the same thing day after day, or do you let things change in just what you're feeling in that moment? Cause what does that mean? Like for six years, did you pray yeah. for a certain thing or is it something that, Oh, I didn't even realize I prayed for it a couple times six yeah. years ago and then yeah. forgot. Yeah. I would say a little bit of both. I mean, there's, you know, there's constant themes throughout when I go back and look at them. I mean, you know, one of the constant themes is, you know, my family, you know, I, for, at the very beginning, you know, praying for, you know, I can go back and look, but like, there was this girl I kind of liked at the time. And, you know, I thought, man, she would be a great wife someday. Like I, you know, we were really good friends. And, and so I had her name on my list that I was praying for. And, you know, somehow, some way she ended up saying yes to a couple of dates and, and now we're married for almost 11 years coming up here, New Year's Eve and yeah, three kids. And yeah, there's just so many answers in that where, you know, but that's been a constant theme in my journals, just praying for, you know, for my wife and, you know, whether it's, you know, her job or struggles or whatever it is that she might be going through throughout the years, like she's in that journal a lot. Um, and my kids now, like the last few years, like there's, there's constant themes that I kind of write over and over for them. And I pray over them. Uh, one of them is, uh, Joshua one, nine, be strong, be courageous, follow God's word. And so I write that a lot about them because I want them to be all those things. I want them to, you know, to, to be strong in a world that wants you to bend and break. And I want them to be courageous and stand up for what they believe when others are bowing down to the world. And more than anything, I want them to, to follow God and to follow his word. And so that's a constant theme throughout. But then, yeah, there's definitely other stuff where it's like, you know, whatever's kind of going on that day or that week, I mean, it's different. But then, you know, I might, you know, years later go back and, you know, I'll kind of remember like, I think I wrote that down. I think I prayed about that a long time ago. And I'll go back and, you know, dig through there and kind of find it. And, and there's stuff where it's like, man, I, you know, I maybe just threw out a prayer just kind of on a whim and, you know, even like the church plant in Omaha, you know, I, I first threw that one out there because I thought God had put that on my heart, but then I didn't think about it constantly. I didn't pray about it constantly, but I would just kind of keep coming back to it every so often until he finally said, okay, now it's time to move this one up on the list. So yeah, there's a lot of that. So what would you say when people, cause a lot of times we pray big prayers or just pray for things and they don't happen. Yeah. How can we still find God's goodness in those prayers that aren't answered. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I would come back to, you know, one of the best examples I've seen in my life is my sister and her husband and um, just their struggle with infertility and just wanting a baby and wanting, you know, wanting a family um, and, you know, all of our family, all their friends, you know, praying for them, praying for, you know, that to happen, praying for a miracle. And, um, and sometimes, you know, prayers that we're praying, they just, you know, God answers them in different ways. And so they ended up going the foster care route and God, you know, literally put the perfect kid in their family. And I mean, he just kind of opened all the right doors and, you know, he made the adoption, you know, possible eventually after a few years. And they, you know, they made it official actually just last year and they adopted Xavier into their family. And it, it was special. I mean, it was, once again, it was like, clearly like God was at work and moving. And so their prayers for a family, it didn't look, you know, the way they thought it would, it didn't look the traditional way that they thought they were going to, you know, create their family. 
but once again, I mean, God's ways are so much better than our ways. But I think there's still a lot of prayer there where, and, and a lot of faith and hope that, you know, their story isn't done being written. I mean, that's everything. Like you put your hope in the fact like, man, you leave the door open for God to do a miracle at any point. I mean, you know, if he can do it for Abraham and Sarah when they're in their, you know, 90s and 100 years old, like he can do it for anyone. And so, you know, I think we constantly, you know, keep our eyes on Jesus and have that mindset of like, man, I know you can deliver. I know uh, you can do miracles. But even if you don't, uh, this is from, you know, Daniel. All right. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love this passage. So they're about to get thrown in the fire. And, you know, um, the king, King Nebuchadnezzar tells them, hey, just bow down and mm-hmm. worship when you hear the music, worship our idol that we made. And they said, no, our God can deliver us and save us from the fire. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down and worship your gods. And I think that's faith. I think that's what we do with prayer. Like we, we pray for the miraculous. We pray those huge prayers and we believe God can. But even if he doesn't, we don't lose hope because he's our only hope in this world. I mean, when we look around, it's like no, no other savior has come. There is no other option. He is the only way. And so, you know, for us, you know, that's what we put our hope in when we pray those big prayers, when we ask for the miracles, when we ask for, you know, deliverance through something or from something, we come with that attitude of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But even if you don't, we will not worship the gods of this world. Yeah. And I think that even sometimes when God pushes you to pray for big things, you don't realize like the transformation that has is happening in your own heart. Like I think of our friend, Christy, who lost her battle to cancer and we prayed every day for two years. I've never prayed for anything so hard in my life. And even, but I think like God pushed us to do that because through that it opened faith in a different way Mm and conversations like for our boys in a different way. And even gave faith of the day that they said, hospice said this is like today's it and I was like no like God if she will come back it can only be God but even when the prayers weren't answered I think that sometimes Mm -hmm. God gives you that opportunity to open the door and have conversations like with kids of saying like even though he didn't answer our prayer here on earth he still healed her in heaven and gave like opens the doors to talk about salvation and sometimes I think prayers that we want answered maybe just aren't answered in the way that we want them to, just like you talked about with your sister. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, those are always hard moments. I mean, it's just tough. It's tough to reconcile like, oh man, like, like the only way we can reconcile is with a view with an eye on eternity and just knowing confidently, okay, she is healed now. I mean, that is, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's harder for us than it is for her now. I mean, Mm -hmm. and harder for her family than it is for, you know, anyone else. But there's things there like, and God uses those moments, you know, I mean, what he says in Romans, he works all things together for the good of those who love him. Uh, he's going to use that family and their story uh, to help and heal other people. Um, and we don't always see it right now either. Like there's things he's working on and putting into place. I mean, he's moving things around in a way that we can't understand, but someday people will look back, including her own family and those closest. And they'll be like, oh, okay. Like I, I see what you were doing. Like it didn't make sense. It hurt in the moment, but I can see how you moved. Yeah. I have loved this conversation. And I think that 
there's been so many good nuggets that listeners are going to take away. And I hope that they can start a prayer journal. I know I like am awful at prayer journals. I have like notes. I'm like, oh, this one will be my journal. No, maybe this one. <laughs> or I did this other thing oh, where yeah. like instead of journaling and I just wrote stuff down and every time I prayed for it, I circled it. And so then oh, like yeah. there's a darker circle around the things that I have prayed for. So then you can like see that. like, oh, I actually prayed for it a whole bunch and God did answer that, you know, and I got to do That's the things cool. that I was wanting to. Um, so then sometimes yeah. you can think to yourself like, well, why didn't God answer that prayer? Well, cause I only circled mm-hmm. it twice. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but so I have loved this, but before I let you go, I always love to ask yeah. people some fun questions at the end and we're doing Friendsgiving and it's Thanksgiving week. Oh yeah. So I want to know what is your favorite food to eat at Thanksgiving? Ooh, I mean, I think I would have to say apple pie. Like my grandma, she made really good apple pie back in the day. So we'd always go out to like her and my grandpa had a farm. We'd go out there. It'd be a huge Thanksgiving, like, you know, 70, 80, you know, my mom comes from a family of 10 kids. So ton of cousins, all kinds of stuff. But apple pie, that was definitely, it was gone really quick. What about you? What's your favorite? I like the stuffing, which I'm bringing. I've made, I mean, my grandma, if she was in her Ooh. grave, she'd be like, oh, so good. Like it is like even Jake, like this <laughs> one, on. like, oh, that is so good. Um, and then my other grandma, we make these like hand rolled noodles. Oh, nice. Do you do uh, sausage in the stuffing? You ever do that? No. Mm-mm. No. Oh, okay. It's like the bread is pulled. I spent three hours pulling this bread for <laughs> Last night. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. I can't, I'm excited to try it. Yeah. Okay. So the last question I always ask people is what are you feeling called to do next? Yeah. Um, I think we're coming up on a, you know, a big season for the church. Uh, I think there's, so one of the things that, you know, when I'm, you know, writing in my prayer journal and, you know, listening to God's voice, um, you know, one of the things I've kind of learned is he's only going to let us go as fast as he wants us to go. And so there was a couple moments early on. I was like, okay, we can run. And he was like, no, 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 no. And he kind of slowed us down. He said, you're going to crawl first and then you're going to walk. I'll tell you when you can run. And uh, I think recently he did, uh, you know, I felt like I heard that word, you know, I felt like I heard him saying, Hey, it's, it's about time to run. And we're going to go through a season that's going to be, you know, kind of crazy and kind of wild and, uh, I don't know everything that it's going to entail, but I I'm excited to see, you know, what's going to happen. Um, you know, so I, I don't know, I'm excited. And I, I think once again, like, you know, you talk about prayer, like, I think there's some things like we pray for and we're not always ready for in the moment. And God's just saying, just wait, like you're not, re- you wouldn't be ready if I gave you all of this right now. But if I prepare you and you do it the right way, you're going to be ready when it comes. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then, yeah, I've got, whatever. I, I love to read. I love to write. Um, and so I've just been working on a, a couple of books uh, in the last couple of years. That I just thought I think would be helpful for people because that's really, I mean, that's been the main part of why I got into ministry. I just want to help people know Jesus, know scripture, know truth. And um, whether that's through preaching or writing, I just want to put uh, resources out there for people that will help them grow in their faith. And so that's my passion. That's my heart. Uh, I want to help bring revival in people's lives and their faith. I love it. And I can't wait to see what the church does next too. Yeah. If people want to reach out to you after this episode, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on Instagram. We got a, you know, church website. I'm on, I'm on there. I, 
I post stories, you know, I don't really do a lot of posts, but I put some story stuff out there. Yeah. So it's just Alex underscore H underscore Hall. And so, yeah, I'm out there. They can follow me, DM me. I'll tell them about, you know, all kinds of, uh, whatever. I, I love putting some of my, uh, I got a couple of theology guys I follow. I post a lot of their stuff, you know, so I'll put a few things out there for people. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me on Michelle. Hey friend, have you ever thought about creating a podcast of your own, but you don't quite know all of the steps to take? It seems really scary and hard to create your own podcast. Well, actually, podcasting is not as hard as it seems to get your podcast out onto the air. I have a free masterclass for you where I break down all of the ways that you can create a podcast, what I would do differently if I were to start over with my podcast, and I show you all the ways that you can create a podcast and the different platforms and what I would choose. I believe that everyone has a podcast inside of them and we all have something to share and the world needs to hear it. So if you've been thinking about creating your own podcast and you don't know where to start, girl, I got you. Head to the show notes of this episode where you can sign up for my free masterclass on podcasting. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Your Calling podcast. If you love this episode, will you share it with a friend or leave a review? Make sure that you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from listeners and connecting. You can find us over on Instagram at the Living Your Calling Podcast or at Michelle Ann Hagen. Join us inside of our private Facebook community called the Living Your Calling Podcast Community. It's free, so why don't you join us inside? You can join by clicking the link in our Instagram bios or checking out the show notes. Join us and we will dive in deeper and I can't wait to connect with you. If you needed someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams, friend, this is it. I promise that you are worthy of whatever is on your heart and whatever calling you are wanting to chase. I am proud of you and I'm here for you. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for.